This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Before we talk about all Denver sports, how to talk about WGT golf being the best and most popular golf game in the world and in the DNVR community. So many of you, the music forgot about that. So many of you joined us that we have had to open a third DNVR clubhouse. Each clubhouse holds 250 people. That's a lot of you. Stop feeling left out and download WGT and join the DNVR three clubhouse by going to dnvrgolf.com. We have tournaments within the DNVR community every weekend. One will start tomorrow, so definitely check that out. And don't forget to go to dnvrgolf.com to download that today. Nobody out. Three and two on Charlotte. Jokic gets it across the timeline. Gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsay breaking through. Taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landeskog. He has done it again. Vaughn Miller, ladies and gentlemen. Dump two hands to Kola Jokic. Save me by Grubauer with the left pad. Oh, goodness gracious me. Take a good luck. You won't see it for long. Two on home run. Trevor Story. Lock. Ends on. Touchdown. Welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast, presented by the one and only Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. I need a Breck brew, especially after the Broncos news that we heard coming out of practice today. I'm your host, Allie Monroy. With me today, I've got Ryan Koningsberg, Harrison Wind, AJ Hayfley, Andrew Creaseman. Some would call this the the OG4. That we've core got four. core four. Core four. Oh, I messed up my own nickname, but the OG four, the core four, both of them are good. The fantastic four. The no, fantastic no, no. Oh. No, no. <laughs> no, no. Did I just step into some sort of like yep. debate? Yeah, I don't want that. Let's <laughs> reverse. Don't, don't, don't get my mind into a weird spot. The core four. Cool. Um. We're going to start off talking about the NFL and football being back because that should be an exciting thing. We've got Thursday night football tonight, Chiefs, Texans, great. And then all of a sudden, during practice, we find out the news that Cortland Sutton has to go to the locker room and is getting an MRI, is undergoing an MRI on his shoulder. Correct, Ryan? Rai, what do you think of that? Do you have any news on that? Have we heard anything? What's going on over at Dunn Valley right now? Uh, the sky is falling. The world is ending. And um, the heat death of the earth is imminent. Brutal. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, we don't know. We don't know yet. I'll tell you this. It's not good that he's getting an MRI. Uh, that's about the, that's the closest thing I can give you to any sort of take on this. 
um, you know, when you heard that he left practice, I kind of had the feeling of, oh, okay, well, everyone's probably going to overreact to this after what just happened to Vaughn, and, you know, it'll just turn out that he tweaked his shoulder and he's fine, but uh, the fact that he's getting an MRI tells you that there's fear that there might be some sort, some sort of substantial injury there, and if that happens, it just absolutely sucks. Um, so much of the Broncos' plans this year on offense revolve around Cortland Sutton, and, you know, the reason they brought in Jerry Judy is so they could have, the, you know, basically two number one wide receivers out there, and I thought that Cortland Sutton was going to open up things so much for Jerry Judy, and one of the reasons why I had such high expectations and have such high expectations <laughs> for Jerry Judy uh, is because of the fact that uh, Cortland Sutton is going to take the pressure off of him. So you just, I mean, you know, you're looking for little wins right now. It's good that it's not a knee or an Achilles or anything like that. And, you know, maybe it's a, something that only keeps him out a couple of weeks rather than a severe, a severe shoulder injury. Or maybe they say he's all good and he plays on Monday. I don't know yet, but this offense, you know, and, and I mentioned Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. There's also KJ Hamler who's dealing with an injury and it's just like, Man, it, you know, football never fails to remind you how brutal of a sport it was today. And I was talking to some DNVR members today, and I just said, like, they were like, whose fault is this? Like, who do, who's there to blame? Is it the training staff? And I, and I was just like, it's not. It's 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 football's fault. And honestly, you know, anytime that you play football and you don't get hurt is actually lucky, rather than when you do get hurt, it being unlucky. Like, it's just it's part of the game. It sucks, and and there's no one you can blame. And you just you you hope that this one specifically uh, is not as is not as severe as, as of course Von Miller's or any of the other stuff that you know has been going around the league. So you just all you can do is cross your fingers right now. Let's just let's just jump right into the Von Miller injury. Ian Rappaport reported today that after a visit with a specialist, the Bron- uh, Von Miller will have surgery to repair his dislocated tendon and will be sidelined for several months. It says here likely for the entire season, Rye, how big, like, I don't, it's a, it's a dumb question because obviously this is a huge blow to the Broncos defense. Uh, it, I mean, it's I was going to ask you how big it was, but <laughs> yeah. we know it's huge. There's no other way to put it. Yeah. You know, it's really tough uh, for a team to sustain an injury like this, this close to the season. Um not to mention, not just because of the fact that it gives Von Miller less of a chance of coming back this season, but also it's just you know you've planned everything a certain way. You you know Vic Fangio's thinking of calling his defense a certain way, and then at the very last second, all those plans have to change. I will say this, um, and I haven't had a chance to talk about this on any podcast yet, but I really believe in the Broncos' depth behind Von Miller. Um, it's just a big shift. There's a massive difference between a star player and a a replacement level player. And we're talking about a superstar caliber player in Von Miller. But Malik Reed and Jeremiah Atachu, uh, I'm high on both of them. I'm actually higher on Atachu than I am on Malik Reed, which I feel like I might be in the minority there. I just think he's a a bit more of a well-rounded player, whereas Malik Reed is kind of a one-trick pony. At least he was last year, and he could – he could improve from there, but Atachu kind of has, you know, a full bag of tools there. He's not elite at any one thing, but he's very good at, at, at more than a few things. So I feel confident in that depth. It's just a big, big difference. It's a big difference from, you know, a guy that you're hoping isn't messing up too much 
versus a guy who you expect to go win you football games. Guys, what's going on with Denver sports? What is with the injury bug just going through everywhere? Like, this is... I mean, you guys were laughing before we started the show. I assume just because, like, ugh, really? Like, this, all of this again? But... I don't know. You guys never clarified why you were laughing, and I'm a little insecure about it, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> you all just started laughing, and I was <laughs> what happened? When, uh, when Vaughn Miller went down, my first take was like, okay, Drew Locke, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, we don't know what this offense is going to look like, but maybe uh, the Broncos are going to have to rely on this offense. I think Here, you're having Harrison, some mic your audio is we got Darth Harrison. Yeah, it sounded like <laughs> Darth Vader Harrison. Like he was like witness protection audio. <laughs> and then I saw what happened to Von Miller, and then I had to get out of there. AJ, you were chuckling before, and when we brought up between before we went live, Cortland Sutton getting hurt. Just what? What are you thinking about it? I mean, it's disappointing. I mean, he was he was going to be one of your big breakout stars, uh, league wide, you know. And this was he was going to have to follow up the campaign he had last year and kind of ascend into that star status that he had he had started to build himself into. Um, obviously, we don't know what what's happened or how severe any of it is, so we're just assuming the worst because it's Denver sports, and that's that's the world that we're all living in right now. So. Um, it's disappointing though, because you wanted to see, I mean, just, just, it, just that whole injury list is disappointing. Cause it's not like, yeah, it's not like there's, you're going down that list and you're like, Oh, that's a guy they can live without. Like, it's just like key guy after key guy. And you're just, uh. and it's frustrating because it's an intriguing Broncos team, but you start you start taking those guys away one by one, and then you know the natural attrition that happens over the course of a season. By the end of it, you feel like you've been cheated. You never really got to see that that team play together, and with Vaughn out already, you're already not going to get to see it play together. You know you can you can be as high on Jeremiah Tatu and Malik Reed as you want, but it's just it's just no Vaughn, you know, and that sucks. Uh, that it's already it's already compromised and yeah. it's just disappointing. You know, if something serious happens with Sutton, then your the excitement over over Judy and Hamler goes down a little bit, and, and and Hamler has to get on the field too. And yeah, Hamler was hurt earlier. You know, just trying to trying to get rookie wide receivers integrated into an offense is going to be hard enough this year because of the lack of on field reps and. Now, now you have injuries throwing in the thrown into this, and that's laid plans and all, but it's it's already it's already off to a, a disappointing start. Harrison, before you were Darth Vader, what were you saying? <laughs> Does it sound any better now? Can you guys? Yes, hear? it yes. sounds normal. Now. <laughs> okay. um, no, what I was saying was uh, when Vaughn went down, I was thinking to myself like, okay, maybe the defense is going to suffer a little bit, but. This offense has a lot of talent. We just don't really know what it's going to be. Drew Locke, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. Like maybe they're just going to have to rely on their offense a little bit more. And it's kind of just going to be like a trial by fire type thing. And we're going to see what this team has on the offensive side of the ball. You know, obviously with Sutton, that changes things. But that was at least my first uh, thought when 
Vaughn went down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, of course, we have no idea what this injury. It doesn't. We don't know that Cortland season. Uh, that Cortland season. Cortland Sutton is out. But we do have some people in the comments saying Jerry Judy season. Jerry Judy wide receiver one. Right. What do you? How do you think Jerry Judy would step into that role if he needed to? Man, no one's higher on Jerry Judy than I am. But there's a big, big difference between coming in and um, facing number one corners and coming in and facing number two and number three corners. Uh, and it's just it will make his learning curve a lot more difficult. Now, that doesn't mean that he can't come in and succeed. And, and again, we don't know what the what the deal is with Cortland. But if he if Jerry Judy is forced to be this team's wide receiver one, I, I actually honestly don't even think in terms of the actual structure i don't even think the broncos would do it that way i think they would probably have uh, tim patrick go fill Cortland sutton's role and and jerry judy kind of stay where he is but even then it's going to give teams a chance to focus in more on judy who will probably be the most you know uh, the scariest threat so out the there team decide who your wide receiver one is <laughs> yeah exactly exactly i just mean in terms of lining up but sure uh it just it'll it'll make his life a lot more difficult and you saw this happen to Cortland sutton when he was a rookie um, because he was behind Demarius and Emmanuel. And then, of course, the Broncos traded Demarius, and then Emmanuel got injured, and all of a sudden, rookie Cortland Sutton is asked to be the team's wide receiver one, and he didn't really do much at the end of the season. So uh, it just it makes it makes life a lot more difficult, and uh, you just you hope that that's not the case because, like like AJ was saying, you know, Every time something like this happens, the, the ceiling for this team gets a little bit lower. And, and obviously the ceiling for this team involved Von Miller having 15-plus sacks and, yeah. uh, and, and, you know, this defense being one of the best in the league. And they can still be a great defense, but every time one of these little things happen, you just you bring the ceiling down a little bit lower. And, uh, and, you, and you're right, you know, AJ, you talk all season about what this team – or well, all offseason about what this team could be before they even start playing games all of a sudden you know little chips are coming off the block there so you you really got to hope that this Cortland Sutton injury um is not serious because when Vaughn went down one of my first thoughts was all right this is really really Drew Locke's team now um and it's and, it, and he's gonna have to force that a little bit as well like he's just gonna have to take this team by the reins and go and Vaughn is not necessarily you know the uh vocal leader of a team he's he's always been a leader but not that kind and drew was kind of moving into that role but in the end you know von miller is the super bowl mvp on the team now it's just drew has has to take this thing and run with it and Cortland sutton would have been a big part or could be still a big part about uh, of drew lock being able to do that without him now you're looking you know a lot more to philip Lindsay and melvin gordon which you feel good about being able to do that. And that's why, you know, a lot of people are high on this team is there's a lot of different ways they can go, but man, if they don't have a, a Cortland Sutton out there, it is going to really, really sting. We've got um, someone in the comments asking if Sutton is out long-term, do they go get another guy? That'll be the last Sutton question we'll take since we really don't know what this injury could be. It really couldn't be. It could be not as serious as what we're talking or it could be. We have no clue. Yeah, they probably go get another guy, but that's exactly who that person will be. Another guy. <laughs> another guy. guy. <laughs> uh, it, it 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 won't make a difference for them on the field, you know. Most likely, they could maybe make a trade or that sort of thing. But as we know in the NFL, those things don't really happen. So, um, you know, there's there's Twitter doctors, actual doctors on Twitter who are saying, that just based on reports, it sounds like an AC joint sprain. 
which is probably a best case scenario uh, for for Cortland. And uh, as the doctor said, you know, if if he's willing to take some painkillers and that whole thing that NFL players do willy nilly, um, then he might be able to play. But again, that's just all speculation based off of someone reading tweets and saying, okay, this is usually the type of stuff that happens in that situation. So got to keep our fingers crossed and, uh, and hope that, that the, the offense has all its weapons. Cause we know the defense is already down quite arguably their best weapon. Yeah. Well, the Broncos take on the Tennessee Titans Monday night football, eight ten PM. The DMVR bar will be popping COVID COVID popping um, 50 people max. There will be RSVP. Um, so definitely be sure to keep an eye out on social media and emails to RSVP to the event. Ryan, we'll start with you or maybe we'll, Maybe we'll go to the expert last. AJ, who are you taking for AJ's Monday Night Football? Uh, I know. Well, I wanted to go with a semi-expert. Expert. <laughs> who are you taking I, for Monday Night Football? Can I say that I don't care that much? No, you have to <laughs> no, choose one. Come on. <laughs> Sorry, Who's that is not an here? option. Can't take mine. <laughs> I don't know if I don't if I don't watch it. Does it happen? Yes. You're gonna watch it. Uh, there's, it's not likely. Um, I I don't know. Come back to me. <laughs> Come. Let me let me let me decide. <laughs> All right, maybe we Harrison Drew. You guys got an answer, or should I go to Ryan first? <laughs> <laughs> Do I just go to Ryan? I mean, first? I wouldn't possibly have an informed one. <laughs> Exactly. I'm taking the Broncos. Yeah, I'm taking the Broncos. Yeah, me too. I, I I think. Sure, why not? I mean, we we literally don't know the state of the team that will be taking the field. Or <laughs> I'm taking Drew Lock to toss three touchdowns. Let's, Let's go. go. Okay, there we all go. Right. Drew, are you just piggybacking, or are you? Gonna... Yeah, I'm with both AJ and. I want Drews to do good things. I'm all for touchdown passes. Let's go. I, I want that to be clear. Drew didn't say, I want the Broncos to do good things. He said, I want other Drews to do good That's things. Right. Man, it's been <laughs> a week of uh, Denver sports stuff. Uh, <laughs> and so I'm not exactly in a place where I'm like, yeah, go team that is likely to win. <laughs> <laughs> all right ryan why are who are you taking broncos or titans and why well it doesn't matter if it's drew Locke, if it's case keenum if it's joe flacco if it's trevor simeon the broncos trot out there in the first game of the season at mile high they win it's just that's what happens um they pretty much always win in home openers and uh they're even better in home openers when the home opener happens in week one um, they are the quite arguably the one team in the NFL that has a home field advantage this year, uh, and that is of course the altitude, which the Titans will not be you know acclimated to, and that's one of the reasons, one of the theories as to why uh, Week One games are so tough because you know you do all your training in one place, you travel up to uh, to altitude and it hits you a little harder. So. Uh, you're not quite in game shape yet because they have played literally zero games. They haven't like we haven't seen a football sure. game at all uh, since the Super Bowl, which is absolutely wild. Um, and so that's going to make things even more difficult for these players to be in game shape. So, like I said, it it really wouldn't matter who the Broncos trot out there. 
they they win their home opener. So the Broncos win this one. I think it's going to be a tight one, and I think it's going to be a a, a little bit of a slugfest. Um, so I'll take Broncos 21-17. I don't want a slugfest after last night's Nuggets game. I want an exciting whole game. Listen, no Bron- nobody that even pays attention to the Broncos wants to see any more slugfests. Um, <laughs> if I could sign up for every game, the Broncos to score 50, around 50 points and their opponent to score around 50 points, I would take that in a heartbeat. But uh, – I, I think at least 30. I think at least early on it's gonna be just I think the entire NFL is gonna be a bit of a slog uh, for the first couple weeks. I just you know this is crazy that they are going directly into games with no warm up games like it just you don't see that in any sport. Um, so I yeah, think I mean, it's we gonna sound, be- we saw the Red Robin games. We saw all. NHL the Red and Robin games. What did I no, say? You said the Red Robin games when it's the Round Robin games. Maybe I'm craving a burger from Red Robin. <laughs> Ooh, the, that bonsai burger. It hits different. Ryan, do you think the offense is going to be ahead of the defense or the defense is going to be ahead of the offense just like league wide? Oh, that's a tough one. The thing I think that there's going to be um offense generated on sloppy plays and i say that because these guys haven't tackled uh and so the defense is gonna have to get used to tackling but obviously that's very instinctive thing i just think it's gonna be slot like i think you're gonna see like george kittle break three tackles and run 80 yards you know that type of stuff Mm. um so i think it's gonna be a little bit of both but i actually just lean towards defense the offense struggling a little bit more just because again there's no way to simulate the speed of a game for an offense when they go out there. And, you know, Drew Locke can be hitting tight windows in practice, and then you get out to the game and those windows don't even exist anymore. So um, even when they're going full in practice, they're still going about 90% at most. Um, So I think it's going to be really tough for these offenses when they haven't had one single rep uh, of truly live football. It's going to be interesting. It really is crazy that we haven't had any lead up to the NFL season. Like today, it hit me that there was actually football being played, and I just got so excited. I was still in mourning of the Avs loss and it being just a tough sadness in my sports world. (laughs) What was that? That was like a no? We're past. Uh, I thought that was like a we're we're moving past. Oh, I thought so too. I thought, girl, what are you Mm, still doing? I can't. But remembering that there's football tonight and on Sunday is just so exciting because it really just hasn't felt like that's going to happen. And now it's actually happening. So tonight, Chiefs, Texans, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered with all of the bets. That's just the best place to go place any bets that you want to. Ryan, do you have any picks for tonight? Yeah, I'll, I'll take one that DraftKings has given out. I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs plus 101 points. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I like that. It's a bet. decent bet that, uh, that DraftKings has given us. Um, but you know what? I, I think that the Texans uh, have a real chance to win this game. Um, I don't really know why I think that because logic would tell you that the Chiefs have as, uh, as much of an advantage as anyone in terms of just continuity. They're, they have the same quarterback. They have the same coach. They have the same scheme. They have most of the same players. Um, so in this non-lead-up football season, 
I feel like they have a head start, but I just think some weird things are going to happen tonight. Uh, and I think Deshaun Watson makes some crazy plays, and I think they win. I'll say this. I'm just – I'm, like, scared uh, of just, like, what's going to ha- – I don't – just with no lead-up into this fo- – I'm just, like, afraid of injuries. I'm afraid of – I don't know. I'm just – I think – I just have such a bad feeling about the fact that they're just, like, off-season and now go. it's regular season. Like, it just – it doesn't sit right with me. What do you guys think? I think we're about to find out that a month of preseason games has always been a colossal waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> I just want oh, two. Two preseason yeah. games is enough. I think. For me. I think two is. I think two is a happy medium. But we're, I, I think it's going to come out. It's going to be the NFL. We're all going to get really excited. And we're going to watch it, and it's going to be like woo. Yeah, and I mean, then what, we're going uh, to wonder. Yeah, what happened with the NBA? Everybody's freaking out about that too. Um, and like the NBA, each team had three scrimmages before the actual game started, and even some of those games, teams treated like scrimmages. But the basketball was was pretty good. It was like it really is at the beginning of every season. Like I don't think it really suffered that much, or as much as people thought it was going to from the layoff. Yeah, but even then, they had the three scrimmages. Like yeah, there's still no. something so right. like. The Broncos hardly even move the ball in practice. Like, it's like how like, many false starts are there going to be tonight? You know, yeah, just fa- like little that kind things of like that, uh, like pe- little penalties, and like I hope that they're telling the refs like just yeah, kind of ignore some stuff tonight because we don't want our first product of the season to just be a flag fest. Um, but I don't know. It's just I, mean, I hope I hope you're right, H. I hope it's like an incredible game played extremely crisp and. Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes are going shot for shot. And it's just like, I, I hope that happens. I'm just, I'm very concerned of the opposite drop passes, holdings, false starts, all that stuff. I mean, have we ever watched Thursday night football before? That's what it is every year. Even when they have all the practices and all the nonsense, <laughs> right, right, right. like thir- the Thursday night game is always the worst game. It is every time, every time that we get a decent Thursday night game, it feels like a victory in the world writ large. Because the, it's just such a traditionally awful game to sit through, so I don't personally. I just don't. I I don't think we're going to care. America loves football, and I think that's just going to be oh dropped passes. We're going to great. Now you have a villain. Oh you yeah, know, a bunch of a bunch of holding calls. Great. Now you have a villain. You can get mad at your left tackle. We're great at that in Denver. Yes, so I I just think it's you know, it's just going to be it's just going to be sports as sports. I'll be honest. I never feel like more of a sheep than during Thursday night football. Like, uh, like the product is terrible. The teams are crap, so and I'm just like, ah, oh, yes, give me more. I love it. <laughs> like, oh, what's the live line right now? Let me bet on it. Like, it's just, I'm, I'm the most simple human during a Thursday night football game. Like, none of it actually matters to me. I'm just taking it in, like, like, like candy. I was going to say, where is that reference going to go? Um, well, let's tie it back into betting to kick off football's 101st season. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all users a no-brainer to start the season. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the app store now because you don't want to miss out on this. Have you ever heard of a football team losing by 100 points? Well, for week one, DraftKings is ensuring that even if Kansas City were to lose in historic fashion you would still cash out that's right DraftKings has moved the spread to kansas city plus 101 points 
like Ryan said, for all users. So even if Kansas City loses by 100 points, you still win big with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download their top-rated app right now and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up. It's an offer you can't miss out on. Pick any team during week one, bet $1 on them, and win $100 if they win. That's $1 to win $100 when you use that promo code DNVR. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And of course, if you have a gambling problem, be sure to call 1-800-522-4700. So, fun fact. Um... You asked, have you ever heard of a football team losing by 100 points? Oh, we got some fun facts coming in here. In fact, my favorite football team, the Colorado Buffaloes, in their second game ever, in the second game of the history of the football program in the year 1890, they lost to the School of Mines 103-0. to To zero? Can you even consider that sport football that they played in the 1890s? (laughs) Probably not. That's the last game that the school of mines ever played. <laughs> One and done. Before Two they zero. They didn't they, even score. They won by 100 points, and the school of mines was like, yeah, we don't need this anymore. We've, we've, <laughs> we've conquered this sport. On to the next. On to engineering. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's not a fun fact. I do not want to know that about our buffs. Come on now. I'm sorry, but you asked me the question in the Actually, ad. You said, have you ever heard of a football team losing by 100? (laughs) The Buffs did not cover the 101-point spread in that game. Okay, well, we've got someone in the YouTube comments. Hi, Mike. He says, who are these people? Um, I'm Allie. That's Drew Drew right there. We've got Harrison right there, Ryan next to him, and AJ. Mm -mm. (laughs) AJ's in a dark place right now. He's just, mm-mm. but okay. Mike did Best mention learned. that he loved Red Robin. So oh, say, keep having fun. That, uh, we got to get Lindsay on that Red Robin thing. Cause I think we just sold like 15 burgers. <laughs> <laughs> and then someone has got Antonio is RK back. Like yes. existentially or <laughs> like spiritually. I, I, I'm not sure if I'm actually back, but I am. I physically, I am back. Drew looks so serious. Drew, smile a little more. You know, people love to hear smile more. So, yeah, oh, right. You sent me the picture of the team. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, well, Harrison asked if they were actually playing football. I wanted you to show what they were wearing. These right, look like baseball that. uniforms. I just got to say. <laughs> let me pull it up these, on here. These look like they could be the Rockies alternate jersey next season. Honestly, the Rockies <laughs> should consider that. I know. Drew, they don't know because they haven't seen this lock. Hold on, I'm gonna pull it up on here. My, my guy in my guy in the second row, top right, was definitely the MVP of this team. Oh god! No team, no player gets to be called the MVP when you lose 103 to zero. <laughs> that is true. Here, all right, you guys are talking about it. People don't know what you're talking yeah, about. I'm rushing. They didn't have punters back then, did they? Uh, or were they all punters? <laughs> There this they are. is the team. Look at this group of losers. <laughs> <laughs> That's so wow. mean to say. 
Oh, and look on their uniform, it UC. Says UC, yeah. Oh, I hate back on the East Coast all the time. People are like, "Oh my God, do you go to UC Boulder or did you go to UC Boulder?" Probably because like, of this no. picture. Is why they say that. <laughs> it's the <laughs> CU. Blame everything on this damn team. <laughs> It really does look like a football team. If you're listening to the podcast, I apologize. Go no, check it no out. No we'll, doubt. That we'll guy in that the second row in the top right, he was the catcher. <laughs> look at their mustaches. These dudes okay. are like 40. All right. Anyways. So Adam Schefter just reported a sprained AC joint for Cortland Sutton. Look at you. Um, that is good news, as good as the news can be about. Um, but there's a bunch of different types of severity of a sprained AC joint. Um, the thing that really sucks about these injuries, because I've, I've just covered players who had these in the past, is they never – It's he won't be fully – his shoulder won't be fully healthy until next year. It's like a sprained um, ankle. Yeah, it's just going to hurt him all year. It's going to be ugly and gross. Um, I'm pretty sure Trevor Simeon had this injury, and it looked like he had like a second head on his arm Ooh. at one point. Um, so it's, it's going to be uncomfortable for him, uh, for a while. <sighs> well, <laughs> could be worse. we <laughs> will be having what AJ, <laughs> AJ's giving me so many and then laughing and I'm very confused. A- about AJ's just so over it. And, uh, I, I, I just appreciate it. I appreciate it. Cause I'm probably going to be there in, uh, Couple days. <laughs> we're, we're all headed there. Right? 48 <laughs> hours from now, you're going to understand. <laughs> so we have uh, someone in the comments, Mitchie, saying, I had a grade two AC joint rip, and it's like two years later, and I still get clicks and pains after lifting. AJ is a big mood today. Yes, we all agree. It's cold outside and injuries all around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm wearing a sweater after being at the beach. Um, all right, Harrison, we're going to dive into some Nuggets talk. Rough game last night. They fell 96-85. They're now down 3-1 in the series. They're, they looked like there wasn't much energy out on the court. What were a few things you saw from this game? Oh, man. Uh, Where to start? All right, let's do the broad strokes first. So they scored 12 points in the first quarter. Um, Somehow they were only down eight points at the half. So That's crazy. Despite just like a god-awful first quarter, they were still in this game in the third quarter. Um, At the 8-18 mark of the third, they're down just four. Just four somehow, despite how poorly they had been playing. Torrey Torrey Craig subs into the game. Uh, The Clippers go on a 14-2 run. (laughs) Which kind of ended the game from there. (laughs) What is going on? That's just such a. That was such the correct way to tell that story. All of the story Greg subbed in. There was at this moment. That's what happened. (laughs) And uh, look, you can reach a conclusion on your own. You decide. That was the timeline. Look, this is what happened, man. Tori Tori Craig is a Rockies bullpen pitcher. Oh, <laughs> right, right. Really? Yeah. That's a. Yeah, I mean, Tori. Why like, is he allowed to shoot? Ever? Yeah. What? You, you got. You guys know. I, I love Tori. I love his story. I love what he's done for Denver. But I mean, <clears throat> it just seems like 
the, uh, the shine is gone. Yeah, the shine is gone. The uh, it's kind of run its course. All the, all all the expressions you want to you want to throw at him. Um, yeah, I was going to start saying rough. the thrill is gone, but then I realized that the thrill is also gone. Yep. The thrill yeah. is also gone, but not <laughs> out of Orlando, right? Uh, yeah, apparently Will Barton working was, out Barton uh, was in there. Yeah, working out in Miami with uh, hopes of returning, but I just imagine him like right outside the bubble, like waving. Again. <laughs> yeah. Hi guys! So come on, just just step right over. Just see what it's like over here. Yeah. So uh, another big takeaway from the game, and this goes with uh, Tory Craig going 0-2 from three. He wasn't the only one who shot poorly from three. Uh, Jeremy Grant won a six. Uh, Gary Harris won a four. The Nuggets, for the third time in the last four games, shot 33% or less from three. And, yes. uh, you know, they keep saying, yeah, we're getting the shots we want. Yeah, we're just missing shots. But the fact of the matter is they're taking the shots that the Clippers want them to take. You know, the Clippers are a very good defensive team. They've got Denver figured out. They're going to double Jokic. They're going to shut down Murray. They're going to let everybody else take shots and try to beat them. And... That's what's happened, and those guys haven't been able to hit shots. Not surprisingly, I don't think. Uh, so that was another storyline from Game 4. A, a final storyline that I'll go over briefly. Uh, in the first half of Game 4, um, Michael Porter Jr. kind of saved this team in the first half. I mentioned that terrible first quarter they had. And uh, MPJ was their leading scorer at the break. He had 15 points on 5 of 6 shooting at halftime. <clears throat> And pretty much took them from down 14, or helped take them from down 14 at the end of the first quarter, uh, to a you know manageable down eight. And he kind of kept them in it in that first half. In the second half, uh, I watched the second half of Game Four three times this morning just to make sure I wasn't going crazy. Are you a masochist? <laughs> in the second half of Game Four last night, Michael Porter Jr. touched the ball on offense three times. He played from the five-minute mark of the third quarter through the end of the fourth quarter. He played the entire fourth quarter, a continuous stretch of 17 minutes. He touched the ball three times, twice in the third, or three times in the third quarter, zero times in the fourth quarter. He did not touch the ball on the offensive end of the floor once in the fourth quarter, and he played the entire quarter. It's unfathomable. I I just don't know how that's possible. possible? does that and that's correct because I comments? watched and it's correct because I watched the, the uh, second half three times this morning. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's definitely a topic I want to get to. MPJ had some comments post game saying pretty much that to beat a team like the Clippers, you need to get more players involved rather than just Jamal and Jokic. And, and of course, people know that he was meaning, hey, I want the ball more. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were upset about that. Players, media, yeah. coaches. Mm. It was Lillard all over was the news. Okay. Can so I, I, I want to know your take. Yeah. What do you think about this? I've heard the, your take already, Ryan. But I, I think this is so <laughs> dumb. I, I mean, what he said was really, really mild. Like, really mild, I thought, in nature. Um, and he was right, by the way. Um, and... I just I think that MPJ 
you know, uh, obviously has some bad takes on certain things, and he certainly goes against the grain uh, from the NBA world on certain things. And I think it makes the target on his back when he makes little slip-ups like this ten times bigger. Uh, and I think that the the piling on uh, of Michael Porter Jr. based off this tiny, tiny little rookie media slip-up is absurd. Um, I think he can learn a lesson from it, which is just like, it's true. Yes, he should have kept that within the team. That, But the, the, the piling on from the NBA world, I think, is a bit absurd. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with a lot of that. Um, he definitely should have kept it behind closed doors, but I don't think he was wrong with anything he said. Look, the, the Nuggets offense right now, it's so one-dimensional, and it's really been one-dimensional, even though this team has been like a top-ten offense for the last two years and they've been a really good offense in the playoffs. It's one-dimensional. You can game plan for it. It's the Jokic-Murray pick-and-roll, the Jokic-Murray two-man game. You shut that down, you shut down Denver's offense, and the Clippers have figured out how to do that. So he's absolutely right. They need to move the ball more. They need to get other people involved. Um but yeah, I'm I'm with you, Ryan. It was easy to pile on, and um, man, it, like uh, Damian Lillard, Jameer Nelson, you know, they they were saying like obviously this is not how to approach it, and, and yes, this should be kept behind closed doors for sure, especially if you're a rookie, uh, especially if you're a rookie in your oh. first playoffs, um, it should definitely be kept behind closed doors and should be handled internally, but um. Nothing he said was wrong, in my opinion. Yep, yep. I mean, it was just so mild. Exactly. Like, it was so, like, this is the NBA where, like, dudes say legitimately controversial things. Like, guys get held hostage so they don't sign in other in certain places. Like, crazy stuff happens in the NBA. Yep. And this guy was like, uh, I think it's going to take a team to beat these guys. <laughs> yeah. and he's 100 percent right and it's everybody like loses their mind yeah. and yeah. it's like because it's not even like he like like you guys okay. said the way he said it he was very specific with his words he wasn't like give me the ball that's the way this team is gonna yeah. win See, that was been... like this needs to be we need to get more players involved on it's the like, offense maybe give me a touch want. in the fourth quarter well, just like, like, that would have been traditional nba had he been like look they need to give me the ball i'm the man i would have won it for us had had they just gotten me involved better things would have happened did they not see the first half like that would have been more classic nba instead he was like it takes a team yeah like <laughs> he, like, he was even like careful enough to went wild it, he was even careful enough to say, like, yeah, we were trying to get uh, the, the ball to Yoke and Murray, and those guys are great players, so you can never be mad about that. Like, he literally said that. That was, like, the PC thing to say. And all he, yeah, all he said was, I think we need to get more guys involved, which I actually kind of disagree with the idea that they need to get more guys. They need to get Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> more involved. Do not give the Tory ball to Craig Tory Craig. They I mean, don't need Jeremy Grant more involved. Like they need Michael Porter Jr. more involved. But but the problem is, RK though, when you're just going Yoke Murray, Murray Yoke, like it's impossible to keep everybody in a rhythm that way. Yeah. It's like true. when you're just going pick and roll, pick and roll, two man game, two man game, guys just get frozen out naturally. And you know, when Jeremy Grant's hitting shots, like he's you know, he's getting touches, he's he's doing stuff, he's involved and you know, when he's just standing out on an island by himself and then just launching threes every other couple possessions, <laughs> that's when he gets cold. 
Yeah, it's true. It's true. They do, they do. But in the like in the end, like you said at the top, the Clippers want Jeremy Grant shooting, yeah, and they want Monte Morris shooting, and they want anyone other than Jokic, Murray, or MPJ probably shooting. Mm-hmm. Drew, what do you think of the comments? I am always fascinated by the notion that what a person says, uh, we should have a different reaction to it based on who that person is. Uh, if you're a rookie or if you're young or, or, or whatever, like all of that stuff, like it's, I cover a team where a superstar said some stuff in the off season that I frankly thought crossed a line. And in pointing that out, uh, a lot of people got very, very frustrated with me for taking the wrong side in something that's just like, nah, man, it's not about you earn a certain status, therefore everything you say is right, or you haven't earned a certain status, therefore no amount of complaining, even if it's absolutely 100% correct, is real. That's what really bothered me, honestly, about the reaction to it was this this notion that like we're let's look past whether or not what he said was correct and focused in on whether or not he's allowed to say it and that i i I think speaks to actually a very toxic element of the way we cover sports and probably just of our society in general but i'll keep it in the sports element (laughs) it's it's just that when when you have to focus in on the person and the same thing when you're giving somebody because of their status or their contract or what they've done in the past a total pass to act a certain way, to behave a certain way. I think that's nonsense too. Were they right? Were they wrong? Let's start the conversation there. Yeah, I think. You're yeah, right. from what I've heard from other fan bases, is just that a lot of people just think MPJ is a diva, and so that this is unexpected. Like this is expected to hear, and so that's why people are just like so ready to jump on it because they're right. like, when oh, of course like MPJ would. Yeah could complain about minutes because he's a diva and he thinks he deserves this and that. And then you see Malone in other games, not play. And and we saw the way Malone handles divas. He, he would, he sat MPJ for a long time at the beginning of the season. And then you see MPJ and then Malone, not playing MPJ. Then those people are like, Oh yeah. Malone hates diva. Malone hates MPJ. And it's just this whole narrative that's being built about MPJ is really interesting. Well, when he runs his mouth on certain topics and he sounds like a dipshit, I mean, you kind of <laughs> you kind of paint yourself into a corner where, you know, when you when you talk a little bit too much in, about some things that you have no idea what you're talking about, you know, you yeah, people people don't people don't want to hear from you anymore. Well, and I think that's why RK said yeah. because because MPJ had said this. I mean. Had Jeremy Grant said it, everybody would have been like, okay. No one would have even heard it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, but because it was MPJ and because of his recent history, people are mad. Why I mean, Damian Lillard cares, I really don't know. But, but it's just like he's the, got time. Let's get Jameer just, Nelson, though. Let's get him in on this. We got to hear what Jameer has to it say. It just becomes like so in vogue now to like dunk on MPJ and like. You've got like John Hollinger, I think, being like it wasn't only his back that were the pre-draft concerns for MPJ, and it was just like because he said they need to spread the ball around. Like this is your like teams are now being um, 
proven right for not drafting him in the top 15. Like, give me a break. Yeah, right. You put MPJ on the Clippers, and how good are they? Oh, my God. Yeah. No, the Clippers, I mean, this is why I've been picking the Clippers to win the championship the whole year. Like, they've got um, probably the second best player in the league right now after LeBron. Uh, they're the best defensive team left in the playoffs by far. Um, they can throw like a ton of really good defenders at you, and Jamal Murray's experiencing that right now. Like Jamal Murray's had a really rough series. Did you guys see that point in the game where he just like went through a yeah, went, he, went for a stroll? Yeah, like, he went just, for yeah. A, walk. a walk. He was like <laughs> yeah. that frustrated. People, I saw everyone freaking out that he was injured again, but. Yeah, it like just looked he like he walk. was trying to clear his head. Like it's been so, uh, it's been really tough sledding for him. And I, and I feel bad for him because you know you go fifty forty two fifty, and all of a sudden everyone thinks that you can just turn that on. And I think everyone was expecting last night him to, he's just going to turn it on. And it's like this has so little, in my opinion, to do with Jamal Murray and so much to do with the Clippers. They're doing an incredible job of defending him. He's not getting anything open. He's not getting anything easy. He's not getting layups. He's he's just. They're they're smothering him. They are. They are. All right, Harrison. Game five, elimination game, possible elimination game, Friday, 4.30 p.m. You're going to want to be at the DMVR win or lose because you'll have fun no matter what. But what are you thinking, Harrison? Do you think the Nuggets can pull through and win another game? Or or do you think they're kind of they're tired and they're they're headed home? Um, I think they can definitely win another game, and that might sound crazy, but y- Yoke said it last night. Uh, you saw it in the Jazz series when they were down 3-1, but um, this team plays more loose. They play more relaxed when they have their backs up against the wall, and like that's what everybody said when they came back in that, in that uh, Jazz series. They just like played relaxed. Uh, they played like with nothing to lose, and that's a big reason why they were able to come back. And uh, Jokic was saying last night that they're just putting too much pressure on themselves right now. So I, I do think in uh, this game five, when they just have nothing to lose, they're going to play better. I just do. So I expect game five to be competitive. You think the Nuggets can overcome a 3-1 deficit for the second time? No, I don't. Um, <laughs> the, Clip- the Clippers are a different animal than the Jazz. It's a lot different. Clippers are just a much better team with much better players and uh, a much better defense. But can they get another game? Definitely. Definitely. They're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster, they have more facial hair. <laughs> more facial That's hair? Ducks. That's a Mighty Ducks quote. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully a clean and white smile. If you don't have a cleaner white smile, guys, I have a place for you to go. Green Mountain Dental Group. Family owned, one of the best dentists in Colorado. Our sales director... Huh? Sorry, go ahead. What? (laughs) Our sales director, Lindsay, got her wisdom teeth removed earlier this summer. Loved it. I don't know how you can love getting your wisdom teeth removed, but she said it was a great experience, especially getting them out so late because, you know, people get the their wisdom teeth out like in high school, college area. So getting them out that late, she was worried about it. Turned out to not really be too big of a deal. Green Mountain Dental Group was awesome. Helped her out a lot. Um, Plus they're all diehard sports fans. So, you know, while you're getting your wisdom teeth removed, you can cry in pain together from Denver Sports Sorrows is what I saw a nickname earlier in this chat. What was it? 
Denver Sports. Do you guys have any nicknames while I... Nicknames for what now? The Sadness. Uh, Denver Sports Sadness. Just going around. Good nickname. (laughs) I'm over general sadness. I said I miss you all. I'm over it at this point in the show. (laughs) Rocky Mountain Low. Don't forget to schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam at Green Mountain Dental Group, and you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. Free Sonicare toothbrush. All you've got to do is um, schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. Don't forget to check out our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group. All right. Some Rockies talk. Oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and that was it. I think that was good, right? <laughs> That's all? We, I uh, think we pretty much covered it, yeah. Uh, Drew, what's happening? Um, well, uh, uh, you know what's funny, Ali? I came on this show a week ago. I know you weren't, but still. <laughs> and um, I, I said it. On this road trip against LA and San Diego, if they can steal a game from each uh, and play re- good baseball, it sounded like throughout. you just snored. It's <laughs> just like you know, <laughs> it's been quite. Look, if they could steal a game from each of them and and play good baseball, then to some degree you could consider it a successful road trip. And mathematically speaking, that's more or less what they did. They took two games. They played good baseball in five of the six games. Uh, the the sixth one was absolute disaster. Of the the 14-5 one? Yeah. Or which one? Are but, <laughs> you know, featuring two pitchers who they really never expected to have to be out there um, in that situation at all. Uh, still, just wow. Uh, but beyond that, uh, you know, the, the season is far from over. Uh, obviously, people aren't feeling great about the team right now. They still did mostly get good starting pitching. Um, Nolan Arenado's bat looks like it's and coming you alive. you mute your mic. Finally. Um, <laughs> but I don't, you know, it's it's just brutal out there. And some of it's been bad play. Some of it's just been, you know, terrible luck. The one nothing game they lost to the Padres where Kyle Friedland is absolutely phenomenal. And three guys hit the ball off the wall and can't get it over or string them together for the Rockies. And then the Padres win on a walk-off with two base hits under 80 miles an hour. And you just, you just <laughs> lose that game. You know, it's just so yeah. the, there's a lot going on. And, and I think there's a lot of people who there's also big questions hanging over the Rockies. And so there, there's a lot of people who want to make, you know, every individual thing into a bigger conversation about blowing the whole thing up or trading Nolan Arenado or him opting out or, it is still a 60-game sample size that I think people need to be careful on to overreact to. Um, but, boy, has it been rough out there. It's It's been absolute whack-a-mole. Every time one part of the thing starts to work, another part of the thing starts to fail. And um, It really does feel that way. But like we're you also can't like, get it all together. Yeah. We're, we're not very far removed from them being the first team to beat the Dodgers in a series this year. Right, like that just happened. And if not for one pitch in that series, they would have just swept L.A. in In L.A. LA. And then they go to San Diego their next game, and Kyle Freeland, who had two kind of – well, one bad and and one a little bit shaky start after six consecutive really good ones. So you're going, oh, he's going to revert back to 2019. We thought he was was fixed. Then he comes out – Seven innings of shutout baseball, three hits against the hottest team in the league. 
but the Rockies just couldn't find a way to win that game. And it's not even like they hit especially poorly. Like I said, they had the five hardest hit balls in that game. Just couldn't win it. Um, and, and the one that they totally blew, that really frustrates you. And, and that's when you start thinking about those big issues again. And, oh, man, is no one going to leave? And is it time to blow the whole thing up? How can a team that's supposed to be better than this be losing games like that? But um, every time, like RK was saying, like they just beat L.A., and, and they did that right after another super embarrassing loss that they had last week against the Giants. They turned around and won the next day and then went to L.A. and beat those guys playing their best baseball of the season. You know, yeah, Drew, that was 23 yeah. runs. That yeah. was crazy. To We were doing a Nuggets postgame show, and I remember just looking at my phone and being like, oh, excuse me, what? I'm putting the TV on and <laughs> yeah. Eric like stopping the broadcast to be like, what is happening to the Rockies? Just one day though. Just one day. They won the next day with nine runs of their own. We have seen a lot of really strange baseball in this odd season. They got some preseason you know, the Miami Marlins lost to the Baltimore Orioles 29 to nine. Uh, day or two ago crazy um and and part of it is you know this is the nature of the game that has no clock and so the pitcher has to get three outs in order for the inning to end or he's got to hand the ball to somebody else as was the case with chichi gonzalez in that second game against the padres right walked the bases loaded to start the game then hit a guy and then handed the baseball somebody making his major league debut who immediately on the second pitch of his career gave up a grand slam yeah and the quarter doesn't end you still have to get three outs even even though you've given up five runs and it's the first inning and and everything is terrible and that's how those games can go on and on and on and totally get away from people and especially because once games are getting away from you you don't go to your plus side relievers you have to hand the ball to the guys who are on your team to fill out the roster and and games are just getting totally out of control but as rk was saying there you know it's just one uh you only count those for one then you turn around and hand the baseball to somebody else the next day the Rockies should be getting john gray back before too long so no more starts for the chichi gonzalez's of the world or whoever like that should have their starting rotation back david Dahl should be back in the lineup uh probably as soon as friday although intermittently those things should absolutely help but yeah uh Great stretches can be followed by terrible baseball all the time. I remember in 2018, I flew out to Los Angeles and watched the Colorado Rockies lose three absolute heartbreakers, and people thought the season was over. And I did a little quick math and said, well, okay, for them to get to the 90 wins I predicted before the year, they're going to have to go 8-2 and two to finish out the year. And they had just lost seven in a row and got swept by the Dodgers. And, and you're going, how could this team possibly go 8-2? and two? Well, they didn't. They went nine and one. <laughs> yep. and they got into the postseason. They forced the Dodgers into a tiebreaker, which they unfortunately lost. Heartbreaker. Did that screw them up? Nope. They went off to Chicago and beat the winningest pitcher in the history of the postseason in their house. You can turn it around and you can turn it around in a hurry, but you need they, your star players to play like star players. And then yeah. to go into your point even more, then they got swept by the Brewers. <laughs> and then they lost. <laughs> 
No, Ryan, I was going to end it yeah. on the positive. I'm <laughs> just saying it's a cyclical card. sport. I don't recall there being baseball after the wild card game. Yeah, yeah the wild card game was a one-game <laughs> uh, World Series. <laughs> I don't um, know if it's an actual saying, but my mother always used to say that basketball is a game of runs and baseball is a run of games. I like it. You okay. got to hit that run of games at the right time. Makes sense. Well, I was going to end it on a positive, but we we can't end it without just talking about the abs a little bit. I know, AJ, you gave me the mm-mm earlier too soon. But how about, obviously, the abs lost to the Dallas Stars. Game seven, overtime. Rough, 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 rough all around. Um, Can I ask the <laughs> I'm kind of worried about what AJ is, just, whatever he's going to say here. I, just, yeah. I mean, that ending overtime, AJ, you made a comment on your post game show that heading into overtime, you already knew what the outcome was going to be. Why same. was that? Because I lived through 2014 and I watched them lose the exact same game against the Minnesota Wild. Yep. I mean, as soon as they gave up the goal and late in regulation to give up the lead, you knew what was going to happen. The back-to-back goal, the goal the Avs scored, and then right away gave a turn gave, gave up a turnover I mean, and they scored. R- Rudo and I during the second period, Rudo and I were having the conversation about it being 2014. So, yeah, the fact that the fact that that game just followed the exact pattern through the end was just like, okay, right. so, been here, done that. Live through this heartbreak. At least there's no ping to keep me awake at night this time. So that was progress. Beat the goalie clean. Didn't have to worry about it going posted in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess for me the the question is what like what what's the next step? What do they have to do? Uh, I think I know the answer, but I want to hear you say it. Get healthy. Not have not have a third goaltender play an elimination game. Yeah. Play three elimination games for you <laughs> yeah. in the postseason. Yeah, one, two of them. But th- so, do you think they need to upgrade that position just on the yeah. whole? Uh, no. I, I mean, I. You think Grubauer, when healthy, I, is good enough to? I don't. I nobody knows is the problem, right? Yeah. Um, we don't really. We don't really know how good Grubauer really is because we've never seen it for an extended stretch. Um, yeah. We're now two years into his abs career. We still have all the same questions that we did on day one. So I don't really, I don't really know. Um, the, the problem is, is upgrading, upgrading that position is hard. Yeah. Uh, because it's such a it's it's the most volatile position in sports. It makes it makes relievers coming out of a bullpen look predictable. <laughs> like goaltenders goaltenders in the prime of their careers fall apart for a season for no rhyme or reason and then come back just as strong as ever. Everybody's favorite John Gibson is a great example of that who was terrible in Anaheim this year and is a top 5 goaltender in the league. And he's he that guy's not going to be available. Like that's and that's the problem is that the the teams who have those goaltenders they're not moving them. You, you don't pry goaltenders out of there. You're you're taking on guys who other teams are willing to give up for one reason or another. You know the the conversation around Matt Murray is he better? 
who don't you know you don't know that he's better he hasn't proven it you know his his dad dying had a profound effect on him uh and and his play and and his his mental struggles away from the game but at the same time you're paid to produce you got to produce in in and you got to you got to play to a certain level when you're playing for a championship team and he hasn't he hasn't done that you know he he helped them win two cups a couple of years ago that's the best he's ever performed in his career He's never put together a, a, a high-end regular season. So is Matt Murray is Matt Murray better than Philip Grubauer? <laughs> I have no idea. You know, the Robin Lehner, you could certainly make an argument for, but he's in the midst of signing an extension with Vegas. So remove that guy. Jacob Markstrom, probably not going to get out of Vancouver, so remove that guy. Braden Holtby is a guy that everybody's heard of and who's won a Vesna and who's won a Stanley Cup. He hasn't had a good regular season in three years, and he's over 30 years old. Are you expecting him to just magically flip the switch when he goes to arguably a worse team? I mean, it's what do you do? How do you how do you for sure invest in that position and know that you're gonna get better? And I don't I don't know that there's a surefire way for them to do that unless they go banana pants and they overpay for a guy like a John Gibson. They pry a guy out of there. And Anaheim has no reason to move him. He is on a great contract. He is in the he is 20 like in his mid 20s. Perfect age, perfect contract, perfect situation. They have no reason to rock that boat. None whatsoever. And the the price it would take to get that guy out of there just it just wouldn't be worth it. Because then that guy comes into Colorado and lays an egg because that's what goaltenders do. They're unpredictable. And Trying to trying to act like there's a there's a surefire better answer out there. It's just good good luck. Like those two guys, you it would be it would be a little brutal to look at the body of work that they put up through the regular season where they were a top five goaltending tandem all season long, and then both of them get hurt during the playoffs. Francois plays hurt, has has a terrible series against Dallas, and then can't go anymore. They have to bring in the third goaltender. I mean, that's nobody's fault. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's just the way it went. And in in the world of sports, that's not an acceptable answer. Somebody has to be at fault. Somebody has to be blamed for something. Right. You have to there has to be a target of the ire. It can't just be this was this was bad luck. No championship has ever been won without some injury luck. You have to you just have to get lucky and stay healthy while other teams around you, you know, lose the war of attrition. Somebody has to win that. And the abs, the abs lost that war this year. And it's why they're not playing anymore. It's why the season's done for them. Now Um, it's, I should say it's a big reason the season is done for them. Now there were a lot of reasons they lost that series to Dallas, but the biggest, the biggest to me uh, and the one that you look at and say, Hey, look, the injuries, the injuries mattered. They just did. Should is that the reason they lost Game Seven? I don't think so. You had a four-three lead with three forty to play in the third period. It's your own damn fault. You're sitting at home. Yeah, like that's the bottom line. It's on them, but it's on them as a team. Is it is it easier to not to not give that up if Philip Grubauer's in net and Michael Hutchinson doesn't awkwardly punch that puck into the corner like that? That maybe maybe doesn't maybe there's not a rebound at all. Yeah. I will say this. I think the Avs should wait 
for the best goalie of all time to have a bad night and get hung out to dry and then just wait for him to get disgruntled and trade for him and win two cups. I would hope they would win more than two. They honestly <laughs> they, they honestly missed their chance during the 90s. They should have won three or four. The Av season might be over, but the draft is coming up, guys. And AJ and Rudo, that's their specialty. They just casually watch prospect videos um, for fun. So we're going to have the best Avs draft coverage around. I feel confident saying that because I, I think AJ and Rudo are going to absolutely kill it. Um, so definitely stay tuned for that. And with that, I think we're going to wrap it up. Thanks for hanging out with us. I missed you guys all night last week. I said I didn't miss you earlier, but I, I did miss you. I was lying. <laughs> I was just upset. Um, <laughs> we're sounds like, we're, this right sounds like the conversation mild- that you have in abusive relationships. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, like, wow. I was just I was just mad. I'm sorry. <laughs> Are you saying I'm abusive to you guys? No, it sounds like we're the the mean ones. <laughs> all right. Well, hopefully mile high misery, Denver sports sadness, all of that goes away with a Nuggets and Broncos win over the weekend. Be sure to catch all of our coverage on the DNVR.com and No Rockies wins. Oh, and Rockies. <laughs> I feel I'm bad sorry, for baseball, Drew. man. They have this 60-game season, and they're just going up against the I'm NBA and NHL sorry, playoffs. Drew. Now football's here. I Rockies wins, too, though. Ro- all the wins. All the- I hope they sweep <laughs> the Angels. We get a Broncos win and a Nuggets win. I hope everyone has a wonderful weekend. And go drink some Breck Brews. <laughs>